Alright, alright, what's up everybody? Art Morrison III here with another episode of Hoop Chatter. As always, I got my boy Kevin Tarka with me and I got my boy Rob McPherson with me. And Tarka, who else we got with us today, man? Today we got a special guest. We have another Tarka on the line. We have my little brother, Greg Tarka. And, little uh, big brother. Yeah, a little big brother. All right, and that's the last time. We'll, that's the last time we'll reference that this call. <laughs> um, but no, we're, we're we're super excited excited to have him because obviously you know we we have a lot of basketball arguments and we talk a lot about the agent stuff and how you can become the best player you can be. And this is the first the first Division One um, coach that we have uh, you know on the podcast. So we're excited to just kind of share share his story with you guys and and, and ask him a bunch of questions and uh yeah su- super excited to uh to get this thing started yo so greg how does it feel to, to hear you uh address that way first division one coach on this podcast it's, it's cool man uh that's that's the dream right there starting to get my feet wet in the coaching business and and that's the goal really is, is to become a hopefully one day a head coach I'm making my way, and uh, it's it's pretty cool to hear it. Hear myself introduced that way, especially by my little Kev over there. Oh <laughs> man, no, no! <laughs> we're he not started gonna, early. He listen, started early. We're not gonna allow that, Greg. Oh my bad. <laughs> oh, my bad. We my got bad. Kevin's back here. Nah, so listen, we're gonna take it back a little bit. Um, we we had a whole episode talking about um, Kev's experience walking on i don't even like calling you kev uh tarka i just call you tarka but i, I can't say tarka because that could me either but anyway we had a whole episode highlighting um kevin tarka's career and experience as a division one walk-on and he dropped a ton of gems for guys coming up in the game and maybe considering walking on somewhere um take us back bro to like let's say your junior year of high school and when you started deciding where you wanted to go and and why you chose to go to go to Kev school and all that stuff man yeah definitely I mean for for me um it was probably around probably later in my junior year when I started thinking about playing at the next level I mean as a junior to start the year I was I was a JV full-time JV basketball player uh wow so you know I battled a couple injuries was starting to grow but didn't like grow into myself was a little lanky um so I was a full-time JV basketball player started kind of getting into my role as I as I grew and grew into my body uh but yeah so I I mostly applied to division three schools centennial schools uh trying to to see what kind of opportunities were there and and honestly I I ended up having one one offer from a division three school uh by the end of my senior season is McDaniel College uh division three school in, in Maryland yeah, the only one that, that basically told me I had a spot on their roster. Uh, so for me, it kind of came down. And, and similar, you know, I listened to the podcast that, that Kev talked about his experience. It was similar for me is, you know, you don't know what tomorrow brings, whether you'll be healthy, whether you'll be able to play. Right. So so for me, it was important to not base my decision just on on basketball. Uh, you know, the other factors being that I went to Montgomery High School, big green and gold M. The school was McDaniel College with a big green and gold M. Huh. About the same 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 number of student body. Like it was a little bit a little bit too. I loved high school, but it was a little bit too close for me. So I, I ultimately decided, um, you know, and obviously Kevin laid the foundation over at Quinnipiac. So I kind of had an in with that coaching staff, at least a, a channel to be able to reach out and say this is something I'm interested in. Um, I, I decided I wanted to go to a school similar to Kevin where, you know, there's there's a little bit more students. Uh, if I'm not playing basketball, if I don't make the team, you know, I have that that path to go down. So uh, that yeah. was kind of what went into the decision for me. Did you have any other schools besides uh, Quinnipiac that you were considering? 
Uh, uh, the, my final three kind of came down to, to Quinnipiac, McDaniel, and I had applied and gotten into Loyola, Maryland. Okay. Uh, but I, I didn't really have any conversation or, or any talk with, with their staff or their program. The only yeah. real Division One connection I had was, was with the Quinnipiac staff. Uh, so that's kind of what another reason why I went down that that way. Wow, that's great. So I don't know if you know, but Rob's from Maryland. So all those, you know, Loyola, McDaniel, yeah. that's okay. like right in his okay. backyard. Um, but Rob was also a Division three player. Rob, did you guys you guys didn't play McDaniel? Did you? Uh, no, nah, we didn't. We didn't play McDaniel. They weren't in our conference. We played um, Arcadia, Alvernia, okay. um, <clears throat> Lycoming, um, Messiah. You know those type of schools in the MAC Commonwealth Conference. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Ah, right, yo, so so Greg, like, at what point? Um, take us to like after. Okay, so you arrive at Quinnipiac. Yeah. What was your journey? I know Kev kind of had a, a, a difficult journey. Um, luckily, he, he kind of paved the way for you, not to take away from any, you know, what you were able to accomplish. But he didn't have that, right? So, yeah, how was your experience a little different than his in regards to like, right, you're on campus, you want to play, you got a little connection? What you have to do, man? Like today, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, when I had talked to to Coach Moore, who was the coach at the time, he basically said, you know, your brother was great, uh, but you know, over he can't make any promises, right? He'd love to have me go there, try out, see what I have. Obviously, I have to be able to to play basketball and have some of the same uh, qualities that Kevin had on the basketball court. But he said come to campus when we hold our tryouts come try out so for the first about month of school uh i just kind of went to the wreck right just played played with whoever was playing there worked out on my own tried to make sure i was in shape because i was told tryouts would be uh some point in early november uh, yeah so i kind of started prepping myself and working my way up uh, i was actually in for a little surprise when i got an email saying they actually pushed him up and it was like I got an email saying the tryouts for like a week from today and this was in October. So for me, I was, I was in shape and ready, but it was a little bit of a surprise. So I kind of, um, got the tryout earlier than I had expected. Um, and I will say too, and, and I don't know, Kevin did, uh, did coach Doherty run the tryout when you were there? Yes, he did. So for me, I, by, by some luck, coach Doherty got stuck in traffic. <laughs> so, so when I went to tryouts, Mike Papali actually, uh, who was on the staff at the time, started running tryouts. And oh, I forgot about that. You got blessed. I thought I was in the wrong. <laughs> we were doing layup lines. <laughs> like, like we were doing, you know, some little stuff, but just so he can kind the of see what people can do. For you, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and Coach Doherty ended up getting there a little bit later. That's when we started doing some like full court two on two, some like stuff that'll really get you get you going and and get you gas, some sprint stuff like that. But I will say, I think I might have gotten blessed a little bit there uh, in that sense. Um, but yeah, so we we did. That one tryout, there were only five guys uh, that showed up at that tryout. So it wasn't a, a huge number of guys. Um, you know, I, I think I felt pretty confident that talent-wise I was I was in the right spot. And, and Kevin had told me before, you know, leading up to this, he was like, dude, just just talk. Be the loudest person there. Talk. Help people out. Like, even though you're, you're fighting for a spot against these guys, help them out. Um, just show them that you have that passion for the game. So I, I tried as, as hard as I could to do that. And... After the trial, Coach Doherty um, pulled me aside and basically said, similar to Kev, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have you come practice with us for a little while, uh, get your feet wet, see how you do, and, and kind of almost like an extended tryout. Mm. Well, c- 
congrats. Yes, sir. Thank <laughs> you. Right? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, no, we love hearing that story. And then we love the little, like, the little knowledge bombs you drop. Like, I know you're speaking from your own experience, but those things need to be echoed from every, uh, anyone relevant in basketball, man. Like, I, I tell, you know, guys don't know I, I coach or whatever. So I tell every kid I ever, um, I ever coach, I basically, like, yo, you, no, regardless of what your talent is or even work ethic, I mean, we all can screen work ethic, but every kid's going to work hard. But, but what you said about talking, what you said about helping others, yeah. what, you, what you said about being a selfless player is like the fastest way, man, to get yourself on any roster. It doesn't matter at what level it is. Coaches are always looking for that, whether it's NBA or freaking rec. If you're a player that 100%. can talk or, you know, um, not be afraid to share success with teammates, um, you're always gonna gonna find yourself on a roster. So, bro, what what year did you, you know, after that step, you're on a team. Yep. What what year was this? So that was my freshman year. So that was when I had gotten in campus that I that I had tried out and made the team. So uh, by it ended up being by like early November, a few weeks before the first game, when I found out I had made the team uh, of my freshman year. So this is twenty what twenty uh, fall of twenty fourteen. Okay, cool. And Kev, you graduated what? 2012. Okay. Yeah. So the, right, cool. the the seniors on that team were freshmen, Kevin's senior year. Yep. 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 So so like the dudes that the dudes that I brought in for official like for their official visits and like showed them around campus. When I was a senior and they were freshmen, they were now seniors. So like I had my I mean obviously with the coaches I had my eyes everywhere. I had I had guys that I was teammates yeah, with, yeah. That I had teammates with Greg. I was texting coaches, man. Like, all right, yeah, how many times did, did Greg dive on the floor today? If it was under ten, make him run, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, that's beautiful. You guys need a documentary. Oh yeah, man. for like, sure, for sure. <laughs> Yo, Greg, that's super. Yo, dope. Greg. So knowing that you know, Kev already walked on at that school, and I'm sure he gave you insight, kind of like what it's like, you know, walking on, being a part of the team, doing all the little things, you know, working twice as hard, um, but not really getting that chance to show that in actual game time action. You know, what was it like for you? Was it exactly what he described to you when you walked on? Or was it a little bit different? Was it harder than you thought it would be? Like, what was your mindset already having like a kind of an inside look to what it would be like and then actually doing it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it, a lot of it was similar to kind of what Kevin explained. Like, you, you know, like you just said, you're not in the limelight. You're not going to necessarily get on the court. You're not going to do X, Y, and Z, uh, but you're going to be a part of something special, right? So so if you do the, do the right things, both on the court, off the court, and you can continue to, to be a part of that team, like the, the experience that you gain from it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, so like there were some some long days where like I'd, I'd show up to practice and I wouldn't break a sweat, right? Yeah. So sometimes when, when things are tough or if you're not winning or the little things like that you're, you're sitting there like what am i doing yeah. right like like I, I just spent four hours from treatment to practice to lift uh and now i'm changing and running down to class like is it all worth it right, right. and, and yeah, obviously yeah. the answer to me was was absolutely because i had created friendships and, and a brotherhood with with these teams that i was a part of uh so it was something a lot bigger than, than just me and my role for sure okay super yeah. dope I want to I want to get into your professional career now, but I got one more question in regards to college and, and walking on. Yeah, um, you and Kev both chose the route of Division One walk on over you know playing Division yep. Three um, somewhere or, or whatever. So, like, where does that come from? That desire, that decision, right? Um, 
because it, it comes from somewhere. Like we just talked about on our last episode, self-awareness from players and players understanding at a young age and, you know, junior, senior in high school still being relatively young, like what's best for them. Yeah. Right. So what made you say, Kev did this, it's for me too, rather than like, I want to try a different route. I want to play. I want to go to McDaniel, AKA Montgomery Jr. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what was that? Like, is that something yeah. your parents played a role in? Like what, tell me about that. Yeah, I'm, Kev, I mean, Kev, you could chime in too, bro. I, for me, I've always been a big believer in, in, in the fact that I, I give so much credit to my parents for the way that, that we were raised. Right. Like yeah. I grew up when I got a cell phone, I was paying my own phone bill. They had every every means to be able to do that themselves, but they taught us from such an early age uh, that responsibility and, and being responsible for those little things and just uh, all those things when they come together, I think kind of built us into the type of people that we became and the type of dudes that that want to prove those Division three coaches wrong, right? That that want to yeah. make a name for so that that think that they can do it and have that confidence in themselves uh, to be able to go to that next level um, and, and get it done. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at, bro, because that's not by accident. That's like by design that two brothers would both choose to walk on Division One, you know, when they clearly have the talent to maybe play at another level or, or play more. Um, that's huge, bro. Kev, would you say the same thing? It was like kind of you guys' upbringing or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's 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 kind of what we talked about in the first podcast is, is the upgrade, uh, upbringing of, of, of family and parents and then our high school coaching staff. Um, but, but it also is huge for anyone listening that we were self-aware right so you know we part of that decision-making process was what doors those what doors that decision could open for the future outside of basketball and that's what everybody needs to realize is that you know we we, we balance the different the different paths and going to walk on at a division one level and and being able to have that experience open those other doors that's beautiful yep. man no absolutely Soundbite, Tucker always comes with the soundbite. So look, let's uh let's dive right into uh your professional career. You told us about what um you know kind of what you do at Lehigh. How did you get that job? Or how did you come yeah. across it? Were you straight applying or tell yeah. us more? So real quick before we go in that, I would like to make it clear. Kevin had seven career points at Quinnipiac. I had I had make sure the viewers the viewers know. I will say we both definitely were zero percent from the free throw line. So we'll, I, I heard Kev was a bigger crowd favorite, though. That's, that's what I heard. There we go. They, they did have a bigger draw to their games, and I, I will agree. I will agree. Nobody, 100%. nobody painted their stomach for me. Let's just say that. But, yeah. I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll take the, th- I'll take the three less career points for the fan favorite. Oh, but, but anyways, I had to, I had to sneak that in there. But yeah, so for me, uh, one of the first things that I did as I finished up my playing career and was finishing my senior year at Quinnipiac and when I realized I wanted to get into coaching I actually sent out um, I got the addresses uh, the mailing addresses to about 30 different coaches across the east coast uh, wrote out a little cover letter threw in some references and a resume and just kind of sent out a letter to to about 30 different coaches on the east coast just kind of saying this is who I am this is, you know, I'm a, I've been a part of the Quinnipiac basketball program. I was mostly just looking for uh, graduate assistant positions. And so mm. that's, that's what I sent out. I sent out about 30. I got responses from via email from two or three, uh, just kind of saying, thanks for reaching out. We, we don't have any GA spots. Best of luck. Question um, for you. 
Did your coaches yeah. help at all with that? Or was it all on you by yourself? No, definitely. Um, I was in constant contact. So at the at the time, my senior year, Coach uh, Baker Dunleavy had gotten the position and his staff. And I was also talking to Coach Moore and, and Coach Eaton and some of the guys from the previous staff. So I definitely had a lot of uh, connections just kind of saying, well, hey, like if, if you hear of any opening, uh, definitely think of me. Right. Like I, I would love to, to get my foot in the door. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I didn't have any luck yet there with the letters. I ended up doing an internship at the Hoop Group, uh, which is, uh, you know, they, they run a ton of uh, summer camps, exposure camps for high schoolers. Um, so so the summer after my senior year, uh, I did an internship with them, which the actual internship and the work didn't necessarily have anything to do with, with basketball or getting a job. We were kind of just cold calling and, and getting people to sign up for camp. But the connections I made there were incredible. They have probably the biggest network of, of basketball coaches and people uh, in the country. So I did, wow. I did that. Um, and one of my bosses actually had held the video coordinator position at Lehigh a couple of years before. Um, so I, he kind of made that connection with Coach Reed and the Lehigh staff, uh, as well as Coach Reed being one of those guys that I had sent the letter to. Uh, so while I didn't get a response from him initially, he still had that letter made the connection with my boss and basically reached out to me saying, Hey, we don't have any GA spots. We have a volunteer video coordinator position if you'd like to apply to it. Uh, and then I kind of jumped on that, went through the application process and, uh, you know, did an interview, that kind of thing, went down to campus and then eventually got the job. That's huge, bro. You use the word connections like three or four times. Yeah. And there's two parts to that. I want to tap into and talk. I know you're big on this. Um, in regards to connections, man, A, when you're choosing a school, and this is to anybody who's listening or up-and-coming players or whatever, when you're choosing a school, a professional team, a high school to go to, an AAU program to play for, it's very, very important that you play for a set of coaches or a staff or an organization that's going to have your back after you're complete with that organization. <clears throat> yeah. Um, not to, I don't want to mention like names or anyone who, you know, uh, didn't displayed this but Rob and I went to the same college he actually transferred because he felt that the staff you know didn't have his back and blah 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 but fast forward for myself even I realized kind of the same thing that when it was time to either further my career in basketball or in anything bro if I wanted to go be an astronaut um it's important that you are part of an organization or playing under a staff that like is gonna help you be all that you're gonna be in basketball, outside of basketball, etc. Um, that's kind of part A. Part B is I think it's Harker because he's like the biggest. I'm doing air quotes. The biggest connections guy ever. <laughs> um, yo, you gotta open your your mouth and network and connect. And Greg, it sounds like you got that same thing in your blood, and you weren't afraid to like connect dots um, for the sake of your future. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you, it seems like you were pretty serious on like. Okay, this is what I want to do. I'm not afraid to tell everybody this is what I want to do. Who do you know? Who can you put me in contact with? And again, we talked about the stars aligning earlier, um, but this is kind of a, a telltale sign of you taking control, bro. Like taking control of your future 
and putting it all together. Yeah, and and I, that definitely was with the help of Kevin too. You know, Mister Connections. You know, was was Mr. always Connections. Was always <laughs> saying like, "Hey, who, who did you call today? Who who did you talk to today?" Um, you know, and, and letting me know and reminding me constantly how important that is. Like, for example, I yesterday jumped on a phone call with with Baker Dunleavy, who was my college coach. You know, and I graduated two and a half years ago. Like, those connections are still so important, especially yeah. as you, you get into this industry to be able to to have, and uh, it, it definitely helps. So, but Kevin, how, how often do you talk to your coaches from college? All the time, actually. Uh, uh, Coach Moore texted me this morning, so I, I talked to him this morning. So I mean, very often, man. You know, if it's if it's not every week, it's you know it, every other week or every month. College teammates, ex coaches, um, all that stuff, man. It's just it's super important to to get a strategy to make sure you're staying staying on board with it. And, and obviously, there can be time that goes by, but even a text, hey, how you doing, man? You know, is, is everything all right? Cool. Let's hop on a call next week. Awesome. You know, it's just super, super important. Um, before, before you, and I think, um, Art, you're, you're probably going to go into kind of the day in the life questions next that, that it's important for people to hear. Um, I just want to touch on one more thing that Greg said that I can't remember which podcast um, I recommended it, but, you know, the question came up to where we said, you know, what's the biggest differentiator you can do with whatever you're going to do in life and however you want to differentiate yourself from different recruits or different people applying for jobs is, and, and, and I said work for free, right? So Greg said volunteer position yeah. was open, right? And if you want to apply for it, that means you're working for free, right? That's what you have to do to get your foot in the door sometimes. Not always, but it's a quick differentiator. So I just wanted to touch on that for people that are listening. You know, if you have that opportunity and you're you're wondering why that, you know, your resume stays on the bottom of the list, well, what if you called that, you know, what if you called that employer back and said, hey, I'm going to work for free. I can start tomorrow. I'm pretty sure your chances yeah. will change. <laughs> our, our poor parents, two of their sons, are, are making no money. But <laughs> we'll, we'll make it we'll make it one day, you know? God bless them. <laughs> no, nah, that's that's beautiful stuff and great advice, man. Um, But like you said, let's dive into the day-to-day. I know people kind of want to know, man, like right now, Director of Basketball Operations at Lehigh, what does it look like, bro? Yeah. E- even So give us two. Give, give me two. What does it look like normally, and then what does it look like now – during this coronavirus and all that yeah yeah it's it's definitely different now but but normally uh you go back to to when when life was back to normal it definitely depends on the time of year too right so if if none of this was happening i was in the office um regularly now uh a lot of my responsibility is focused on running our summer camps our youth camps uh, so for me, I, I'm not allowed to be out on the road recruiting uh, and doing that kind of thing. So my focus shifts towards getting people to sign up for our summer camps, doing the logistics of, you know, how many people we have signed up, making sure of the basketballs, that kind of thing. Uh, so during the summer, that that honestly takes up the majority of, of my commitment and my time in the office is going through each of those steps. Uh, but during the season, it's funny, I was, uh, you know, Kev sent me over a couple of the questions to go through. I was thinking about it it really depends on the day, right? Like I've had days where I go in, I say, okay, I have, I have a list of these eight things I want to get done today. And then six different things come across my desk. It's 4.30 PM and I haven't even touched list number one. Right. So, so, so for example, uh, <clears throat> little stuff, I mean, as the season begins, I, I'm in charge of a lot of our logistics. So that means when we, when we travel, uh, making sure we, we are in a hotel, uh, our travel between whether it be bus or flight, 
um, our meals for that trip, uh, things like that. So a lot of, of what I do is kind of building itineraries, uh, going through yeah. step by step. At this time, we're going to finish practice. Our guy's going to shower. And by seven o'clock, we're on the bus. We're going. Uh, one of our assistants, Harry Moore, always says, like, uh, your, your staff is as good as your ops, right? So, so logistically, my, my job is to make their job as easy as possible. My job is to tell them, all I need you to do is show up here. Your food's going to be there. Uh, we're going to be ready to go. Uh, and that's that. Don't worry about anything else. Just show up when I tell you. Mm. Uh, so, so a lot of it is, is basically revolving around logistics. Uh, and then this past year, actually, as I've been ops, we didn't have a, a video coordinator this past year. So I, I kind of doubled and did uh, a little bit of video stuff, breaking down some film, things like that. What's the hardest part? Uh, the hardest part, I think the hardest part has to be the unknown, right? Like, like I said, like you can, you can go into the office and have a couple things you want to get done. But, uh, one of my biggest job description items or my biggest things is I have to be prepared for whatever, whatever pops up. So, uh, you know, we make a wrong turn on the highway it happened a couple of times since this year that that's on me, right? So like I have to make sure the bus driver is going right, the right way. Uh, so if I'm not off on the bus and we make a wrong turn, we're not going to get to where we need to be on time. Little stuff like that. And, and just wow. oh, know, like, uh, you know, it is, is a lot of responsibility. You have to be able to be kind of quick on your toes. And when things like that happen, okay, pull up your map. Let's get back on the, on the right way. Uh, just little stuff like that and, and dealing with the unknown. How well do you feel college? When I say college, I mean, playing, I mean, your major, and I mean, you know, the whole walking on and being disciplined. How much do you think that plays into your ability to be successful uh, in the position you're in now? I think it plays a huge role. I mean, and each each person's college experience is different. Uh, for me, having having played basketball, having been a part of a team, you know, I obviously have, have been uh, made aware of a lot of the moving pieces in terms of, of you know, travel and things like that. Uh, but to be honest with you, that, that stuff, there's, I've been opened, my eyes have been open to so many new things being on the other side of the ball, right? So not being, when I was a player, I just, I just kind of showed up when they told me to and, and did it. But knowing all the little stuff that has to go into each step of every practice of every day, um, there's not too much that can prepare you for that, except for, uh, I guess, like you said, the walk-on experience and, and kind of being a walk-on is the same thing. You got to do uh, more than the average player, right? Like your grades have to be on point because if they're not, what are you doing to help the team? Little things like that. So I think yeah. that definitely helped prepare me a bit. Dope, man. So look, um, let's go back to you playing a little bit. Um, well, actually, no. Two questions. Okay. Best team or toughest team you played while, um, you know, director of basketball ops and then toughest team you played when you were a walk-on? Uh, so this year, this year we played Auburn. Um, hey. So that was a lot of fun. That was definitely the toughest team we played. One of the, one of the best atmospheres that we were in as well. Uh, the place was, was pretty rocking it. And we held our own too for a while. You know, we were, we were up by five points with like five or six minutes left in the first half um, until they, they went on a little run and we're up by a few at halftime and kind of pulled away. But just the, the, the just the total different size advantage and athleticism advantage that those teams have is, is pretty crazy. So that's definitely the toughest team we played this year. And then as a player, uh, we were in a tournament down in Florida, I believe it was my junior year, and we played Gonzaga. 
Wow. Oh, so did you get any burn that game? I sure did. Yeah, we lost by twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. Did you? So when you get when you get playing time in games like that, are you playing against their walk ons, or do you have the opportunity to play against some of their uh, premier players or, or younger players? A team like that is tough to say because whoever they were in were seven feet. You know, <laughs> 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 you had some big guys on the court when I got in there. Um, but th- yeah, t- teams like that, there's not many. Um, there's not many walk-ons that were similar to the positions that we were. In in other words, at the highest level, there's guys that are so good that want it so bad that are preferred walk-ons that would be a starter yeah, yeah. at any yeah, big yeah. major school, right? That just want to pay their own way. So it, it, it yeah, really depends. Good insight. Good stuff. I'm, I will say I, I might have the best points per minute in the entire country. Oh yeah, would you hit a three when you were? <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm efficient. I'm efficient. Points per minute. I, I'll have to look up that stat because I I, know, I, I did pretty at, good at as Ryder, well. I played for about forty five seconds. At Ryder, but I had yeah, four that points, game was and I missed three free throws. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dang. So all right, let's let's flip this switch yeah, one last yeah. time before we wrap up here. Director of basketball ops. Greg, what what do you guys and your staff looking for? And this is for like all my players listening. What are you guys looking for when you're recruiting at Lehigh? Yeah. So the biggest thing for uh, just overall for Lehigh is it's a high academic school, right? So can't stress enough how important grades are, uh, how much that means to us. And at the end of the day, if, if you don't have meet a certain standard. You, you could be the best player in the world. We, we can't look at you, right? We, we That automatically crosses you off, wow. off of our list. If, if you don't have a, a certain GPA or a certain test score, like you, you need to be able to perform in the classroom to be able to come to uh, a school like Lehigh that's very high academic Patriot League school. Wow. So so in, before we even touch basketball, we don't start recruiting someone until we have the transcripts. What was your GPA? Uh, in college or high school? In high school? Both. Man. Matter of fact, everybody drop your GPA right, right now. Hey, hey, I have high school. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's Leave good enough, that. right? There you go. Yeah, but but it does it does make a difference, right? So you know, if if you're not if you're not getting it done in the classroom, uh, we can't really look at you at Lehigh. And then obviously there, there's a lot of different things on the basketball court that we look for. Uh, one, it depends on what year it is and what position we're looking for. That kind of limits who we can look at, who we can take. Uh, but I think, and, and Kevin actually did a, one of those coaches clinics last night. And he talked about as an agent, you know, what does he look for? And it's really a lot of the same, right? Like we yeah. talked about what are you going to do to make yourself stand out, to make yourself different? Like if you sub out of the game, walk past all your teammates, don't give a high five and sit at the end of the bench that's not a very good thing if you mm-hmm. are someone who who will duck out of charges not take a charge or or just little stuff like that that definitely is yeah. a ticker that that makes us think okay is, is this guy going to be able to give us everything he has when he comes to play for us uh so dope so that's i i think you know if you if you take out just the the actual skill of the game and the ability to score the ability to see the floor the ability to rebound, things like that. When, when you break it down a little bit further, there's so many guys who can do all of those things, right? At this day and age, there are, there are so many people who could put the ball in the basket. So then all you good. go down to the next level. What are you doing uh, that makes us like you more than the next guy? 
great insight, bro. Another soundbite. Tarkin Brothers always coming with the sound bites. <laughs> so look, last uh, or second to last question, and I kind of want everyone to chime in. We've answered this question on other podcasts, um, episodes, but I want to kind of have open discussion about it, bro. Division three, right? So like Rob played Division three, played Division two as well, but um, he, he transferred Division three and thrived. Um, you both have walked on Division one. Now I played Division two. So let's talk about the comparison between divisions, the biggest differences, a lot of the similarities, right? What um what are some that you really see? Like, so when you guys are recruiting or when your staff is recruiting, like what uh, what differentiates, okay, like I, I'm, I'm leaving this gym knowing that that kid's probably a Division II player. He's not for us, right? You know what I mean? Or nah, that kid might be out of our league. Um, what's you know what what are the kind of differences and similarities and, and Rob and Tark I know you guys have been quiet this episode but you guys can chime in on this as well based on your playing experience and then your experience now just as an adult looking back I mean yeah I mean, yeah. yeah I mean for well, you me, can start, Craig. Uh, to be honest a, a lot of times especially between division one and division two in my experience it's all it's really hard to leave a gym and know whether or not a guy's division one or division two uh especially seeing someone one time i mean that that distinction is yeah. that distinction is very 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 close like sometimes it's as simple as a, a couple inches right like a, a guy might be six six rather than six three and, and be a wing that mm-hmm. that might push him to the next level but uh, to be honest, watching watching someone one time leaving a gym, I don't know that that you can really, really accurately say, you know, he, you know, sometimes you see, okay, he might be on the fringe whether he could play for us or not play for us. But between Division One, Division Two, I'm not entirely sure. I, I would say for me, the biggest thing difference I saw personally with playing was size. Um, you know, yeah. our Division Two, like you know, we played teams like UMass Lowell when they were D two, uh, Lemoyne that beat Syracuse. Their centers were 6'11", mm-hmm. 6'10". They had power forwards at 6'9". You go Division three, your center's yeah. probably 6'6". Six, six. You're running a small ball lineup the entire time. Guards, point guards go from being 6'1", 6'2", to maybe 6'4", Division one, Division two, to 5'9", five, 5'8", five, point guards at the D3 level. And then af- and yeah. that just natural athleticism as well. Guys were a lot more explosive um, the higher level up you went. You know, a lot of guys taking, you know, drop step dunks or just jumping out the gyms. Just natural athleticism was very different. Hmm. Talk, what about you? Yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent size. I mean that that's the main factor. Even between high majors and low majors, um, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, it's size. Um, it's just you know as as you go higher in the um, in the level of basketball, like you, you can you can be more efficient and more valuable if you are a bigger human being. Um, the other thing is I like to call it the it factor. And you know you talk about obviously let's just say everything is the same and you're the same size. The it factor is like you know does that guy have the grit and the and the wherewithal and the and the um you know the the that that next level fu mentality that comes out as a leader and diving on the floor and the hustle stats like that that it factor you know you can leave a gym saying i'm not sure if this guy's division one two or three you know he's good size he's not too small he's not he's not a a a six seven division one for sure guy but he's got the it factor so let me watch him a couple more times right hello yeah oh my bad i I thought it cut out 
Um, yeah, so somebody here. was calling me before. <laughs> nah, yeah, that, that's great insight too. I was gonna say the same thing. It's pretty much just size, bro. Like, and that's why I'm I'm really impressed with you two, um, specifically you, Tuck. <laughs> 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 No, no, no. But seriously, um, oh, being go. a small guard, All right. I remember being like, um, I went to the, the NJ, NJAC, the NJAC in Jersey Division Three um, championship. I forgot who it was a couple years back. It was like Stockton versus uh, TCNJ or something. But yo, the game, there was a lot of talent on the floor. It was obviously smaller. The size was the biggest thing, but the game was so fast and it was just so difficult. And, you know, some of the players that were on the floor, I knew from just, you know, growing up in Jersey, being in the area, and they were some of the be the best kids at their school, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we're talking about guards. Um, it's You're really looking at five guards from in, in respect to basketball, right? At the Division three level, you're really looking at, like, four guards on the court at one time from a size from a size perspective, yeah. right? So, I'm like, yo, these are, like, the best, best guards, especially in, you know, Jersey, New York area, produce a lot of guards. I'm just looking at the talent level of just guards in general. So at the walk-on position, when I'm looking at Quinnipiac or other mid-majors selecting walk-ons, I'm like, yo, it had to be special kids, special case, and a special work ethic to earn that position because I know that there's a ton of talent at that size and position, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? And that's like not to take away from either of your games, but like, you know, like there's a ton of... Um, I guess I'll say there's a ton of 5'11", like, white boys that are point guards. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, yeah. it's impressive that you guys yeah, were both absolutely. able to, um, for four years, solidify that spot, stay level-headed, um, stay determined, and finish it through. I think one thing that that makes me think of, too, and, and I think Kevin's the best example of it, is it goes... A lot of that it factor goes beyond what you do on the basketball court, right? So when I got to campus at Quinnipiac, people knew who I was outside of the basketball world because of my brother, whether it be somebody in the business school or Patty Hayes, who works at the bursar's office, who still sends me birthday cards to this day. Like, <laughs> just, just like your impact goes beyond the basketball court. And when you, when you're able to do that, that's what gives you, in my opinion, that, that next level it factor that allows you know someone like kevin or myself to be able to compete at that that's level. a fact man that's a fact and again bro I, I appreciate the insight you're bringing um someone who not only went to school played ball um still works in ball um just being able to and like you're a little younger than us so the, you know people listening to this podcast might listen to, the, to you more my kids are starting to look at me like i'm an old head so i'm like you know what I mean? I'm like, you got to talk to people. You got to affect people outside. And I sound like the coaches when I was growing up, you know, like, so it's great to hear that from you, man. Um, if you got one gem to leave a listener, like a, a 14 year old, I don't know, Tarka, a 14, a 14 year old Montgomery kid, right? Or whoever, and they're listening right now. What's the one gem that you would leave them right now to end the podcast? Uh, wow. Uh, I think for me, uh, it might be a couple things mixed into one, but but a lot of the things we touched on today, but the, the biggest thing for me is that, that grit and that it factor is something that you can begin to develop when you're 14, right? Like, it's not like a coach goes into a gym recruiting somebody and that person who's 17, 16, 17, getting ready to be recruited, just develop that it factor, something that you got to start 
uh, yeah. from day one and continue to work on continue to work on your craft but but if you're in the gym more than other people starting at age 12 13 14 that's gonna show as you get older and you start to get recruited so i think uh the sooner that you could understand where you want to be what you want to accomplish and you just get down to it i think the better off yeah that's be. a really good gym bro <laughs> that's a really good one Listen, we're coming up on damn near an hour, but we had to go over almost double the time uh, for a very special guest, Greg Tarka, from Lehigh, uh, Quinnipiac, Montgomery, right? We appreciate you. And most importantly, yes, sir. Kevin Tarka's little brother. <laughs> See, I had, to, I had to throw my boy a bone before we get off there. There you go. Right, but no, listen, right. we appreciate you joining yeah. us, bro. We appreciate you hopping on the Hoop Chatter show with us. As always, man, I'm Art Morrison III here with my boy Kevin Tarka, Rob McPherson. Don't forget to follow us on at Hoop Chatter on Instagram to keep uh, in touch with what we're discussing and just some other trending topics that we're going to have on the show. Greg, before we go, where can people find you on social media or your website or anything? Yeah, social media at Greg underscore Tarka 33. Greg underscore Tarka 33. All right, yes, excellent. Sir. Uh, Big bro, you got anything before we leave? I want to make sure I give you the floor last. <laughs> I Beautiful. appreciate it, man. But I think I think you. All right, guys. Catch you on the next Hoop Chatter <laughs> we're, show. We're Chat soon. Peace. Peace.